for our children at Oak. Well, I would like you, before we uh, jump into our passage today, I would like you to join with me here. Um, The very tail end of chapter uh, 10 of Hebrews ends like this. Um, And um, so I wanted us to start out together. If you would join me in this, uh, you can can stay. uh, Well, why don't you stand? I, I, I think that's good and appropriate and... Get your full diaphragm into it, right? Let's join together. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. All right, thank you. You may be seated. This is how uh, chapter 10 uh, ends there. And of course, in the... uh, Chapter and verse are somewhat of a modern uh, insertion into our scriptures. Um, and this would not have been written originally with chapter and verse. It would have just been a, a long letter or sermon, um, as some would call it, uh, written out and delivered to believers. And, uh, and what we're going to look at today is we're going to focus in on chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, but it's really important for us to remember what comes right before it. And the context of chapter 10, at least the, the latter context of chapter 10, which is the, 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 the sufferings that these believers had had to endure, and then that call to continue persevering, continue enduring uh, for the sake of Christ and because of uh, not only for the sake of Christ, but because of Christ, having having have having now uh, a a a firm faith in Him who completed the the work of salvation at the cross and has given us the hope of everlasting life, the forgiveness of sins, um, and is our constant advocate in heaven and our constant excuse me help on earth. That because of that, to stand upon that, to persevere through whatever may come. And so there's this encouragement then that we are not of those who shrink back and destroy, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Uh, and this is a little bit of a contrasting statement because uh, throughout Hebrews, there's this contrast between what, a, what true faith in God is contrasted with um, uh, a failure to uh, have one's faith in God. And so there's a, the contrast is the generation of Moses that although God revealed himself to them and God proved his faithfulness over and over, they did not, uh, they did not trust him. Their hearts remained resistant to him, hard towards him, and they would not uh, trust in him. And uh, so that is the warning is don't be like that but rather be among those who endure. Be among those who are examples of what faith in Christ is. And we're getting ready to move into chapter 11 here where we'll see many examples of that faith, faithfulness of believers. So we're going we're gonna to jump in here. First, I'd like to just lead us in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your word, and we ask that you would teach us what it means to trust in you, what it means to have our faith in you. Uh, Lord, to stand upon the rock of Christ 
in our life. And um, Lord, to live for your glory. Lord, we ask that you would teach us and train us by your word and by the power of your spirit. That we would all, each one of us here would be unified in our desire to know you, to please you, and to live for you. Lord, I ask that you would just do that work in each one of us here. That every heart here would be a fertile place for the seed of your word to be sown today. And that it would take root within us and produce the fruit of Christ-likeness in our lives. Lord, I ask that wherever there is any hindrance within uh, myself or anyone here, where there is the hindrance of sin, Lord, I ask that you would... Um, that you would reveal that to us. Lord, that we would confess that to you and turn away from it to make ourselves available to you and to submit to your lordship in our life. And I just ask, Lord, that that would be the collective heart of us gathered here today as we turn to your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hebrews chapter 11 Uh, Verse 1 and 2 is what we're going to look at today. Um, We're going to be looking at, uh, over probably the next few weeks, at uh, what is uh, faith, at examples of faith, uh, descriptions of what faith is. Now, I will tell you that uh, that is a a word that gets applied to a whole lot of stuff in our world. You just got to have faith. Um, as if it doesn't matter what you have faith in. But as we know, because we're gathered here in the name of Christ, it does indeed uh, exactly matter what your faith is in. It matters not just a great deal, it is of ultimate importance what your faith is in. And we're going to look today at a description of faith, and uh, and then we're going to we're going to continue on from there in chapter eleven. Not today, but in in future weeks here, uh, examples of this faith being lived out. So faith um, here in Hebrews is used the the word is used thirty one times. Twenty three of those occasions occur actually in chapter eleven. But faith is a very big topic in Hebrews. And so, as a good Bible student, what we want to do is is explore that. We want to ask questions like, why is it in Hebrews 31 times? Why is it in chapter 11, 23 of those times? How is it used Outside of those 23 times, in the rest of Hebrews, how is the word faith used? Um, How has it been used up to this point? Now that we're starting chapter 11, how has the word faith been used up to this point? What has been the context for the usage of the word faith? Uh, Only Romans um, uses the word faith more times than Hebrews, Um, and it's it's just a... narrowly edges out Hebrews um, by using the word 34 times. Uh, The next in line would be Galatians at 20 times and Acts at 14. So Hebrews and Romans both place a huge emphasis on faith. But as I mentioned before, it's not just faith 
It's faith in someone. And that's what we're going to dig into a little bit here today. So Hebrews, you know, if you remember, there are two things um, that, that we keep seeing as themes that run through Hebrews. One, the supremacy of Christ in every way. The supremacy of his sacrifice for us. Uh, the supremacy of just who he is, the nature of who he is, the Son of God, um, God in human flesh, um, the supremacy of uh, him being our great high priest, the supremacy of the promises that come through him. And then built upon that is the second theme that runs through Hebrews, and that is the call for believers to persevere. And as we just saw in Hebrews chapter 10, these particular believers had to endure some pretty difficult things. They had to go through various types of sufferings as a result of their faith in Christ, even having their own property plundered from them. Um, And so they have been through quite a lot, being made public spectacles because of their faith, ridiculed, mocked, um, imprisoned, uh, the whole bit. And yet they have continued to persevere and, and Hebrews is calling them to continue to, to hang in there and to trust in Christ and to persevere in their faith until the Lord brings them into, uh, into their eternal rest. And uh, so we're going to look here. Uh, oh, and so on that note, because of that theme of endurance, genuine faith is an absolute necessity Not only for salvation, but genuine faith in Christ is not only a necessity for salvation, but also for persevering. So as the Christian, it is just not possible for us to persevere in following Christ without clinging to Him in faith. And uh, some wonderful examples in chapter 11 that we're going to get into in future weeks here. But that's where we're going to start out is a description of what this faith, actually, what this actually means, what, what we're talking about when we talk about, when we use the word faith. I mentioned that it's used several times here in Hebrews leading up to this point, and so I wanted to point some of those out to you. In chapter 4, it's, uh, it, there's a reference given in chapter 4, verse 2, and it's exposing that those people that, that generation of Moses who did not have faith and failed to enter the rest of God, failed to enter into the promised land because they refused to trust in God. They did not have faith. And so there's a contrast there that we would be people of faith in God, unlike that generation of Moses that did not place their faith in him. Chapter 6 uses it a couple of times. Um, And chapter 6, I guess I would summarize it like this, that uh, chapter 6 shows that a true and genuine faith transforms people and uh, helps them to endure. It it is the the catalyst, the, the fuel for them to endure the hardships that come with one uh, following Christ. Um, in a world that is uh, is set against him. 
Um, and also in chapter 6, uh, faith is presented to us as really a true mark for those, a true marker of those who belong to God. And uh, really, as we think about that, and as we look into chapter 11, one of the things that we're going to find is that out of all the attributes that we can ascribe to who we would call the heroes in Scripture, uh, the one that ought to come to our mind and that is presented to us in chapter 11 as being the one that is actually the most important by far, and it's not, it's not the, 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 their ability to speak in public and persuade crowds. It's not their leadership ability. Uh, it's not their wealth or business acumen. or uh, it's, it's not even their wisdom. Now, some of these things do get some, some decent nods through Scripture, but the one thing that is, is put up in front of us as the thing that, makes, uh, that, is, that they are commended by is their faith in God. That is the thread that ties them all together. Hebrews also, this is the really cool thing that Hebrews does, is it ties us into that heritage because of that common faith that we have in Christ so in other words um, and we'll get into it more in other words just consider this Hebrews 11 is not an exhaustive list of all those who have who have set a, a, a tremendous example of living a life of faith in God and I think the way Hebrews presents Hebrews 11 to us um, it, also sugge- it also tells us as much that, that, they're not, uh, that, that we are partners with them in Christ. And so, Hebrews chapter 11, the full expansion of that, if, we were to, if, if that were to be possible for us, if God were to just fully expand Hebrews 11 to include all believers of every time and every place who have been an example of this kind of faith, that would include some of you here today. That example of faith. And so we want to aspire to be people who are worthy of being listed among these folks in Hebrews chapter 11. Chapter 10, the word faith is used a couple more times and. And we can uh, actually look there real quick in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, if you follow along with me. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope, which that, that word confession there is tied in actually with the word faith, of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And then if you go on down to to verse 38 there, there's this quote from Habakkuk that says, but my righteous one shall live by faith. So 
what is presented to us in chapter 10 is exactly where chapter 11 is going to go deeper into, and that is that faith results in action. And what I mean by that is that uh, faith in a true and genuine faith encompasses all of who we are. Uh, as, as Brett shared a passage there uh, from Matthew, love the Lord your God, how? All your heart, all your soul, all your, what else? Mind, strength. God pretty much said all of who you are, not pretty much, he did. He said all of who you are is given to loving him. And so when we're talking about faith, faith and loving God, they're really inseparable. They're part of the same package. Um, And so when we're talking about loving God with all that we are, faith is like that. In fact, we're going to get more into that uh, about why that is. But we use faith in a lot of different ways in our our culture. Um, Faith in terms of wishful thinking. Faith. Faith uh, is uh, applied to to various things uh, that we, I don't know, have faith in yourself, which, by the way, is some of the worst advice you could ever take. But we are told to have faith in all kinds of things. We are invited to have faith in all kinds of things. Sometimes faith is referred to just merely as an intellectual acknowledgement. Do you believe? Eh, yeah. Faith, though, however, as presented to us in the Scriptures and as presented to us in chapter 10 of Hebrews and chapter 11 of Hebrews and all of Hebrews and in all of Scripture, faith is life-transforming. Faith in Christ touches every fiber of who you are, every thought you have, every desire you have, every longing you have, Every joy, every sorrow, every, every use of your resources, everything that is who you are or is connected to who you are is guided by, dictated by what you truly have your faith in. Stew on that for a second. Because we sit here, I'm throwing myself in this, We sit here and we profess the name of Christ that our faith is firmly in Him. But I know, because I've done this myself, if we sit down and take an honest look at how we spend our time, where our thoughts are during the day, uh, the things that we long for, uh, the things that uh, we desire and pursue and strive for, Sadly, we are going to begin to uncover that our faith is not fully in Christ, but in perhaps many other things, or in the wrong thing. Now, I say that to you, having spent a great deal of time this past week uh, confessing my own sin of pride and selfishness to the Lord, as he was kind of bubbling that up for me this week, and... uh, Believe me, that journey is not done, but, um, but the reality is that uh, as much as we profess the name of Christ, uh, there is still stuff in our heart that needs to be rooted out. Sin that is contrary 
to one who professes to have their faith in Christ. Now I say that not to point the finger because the finger's pointed here first, but as an invitation for each one of us to settle in our hearts once and for all, as Peter tells us to do, to settle in our hearts once and for all who is Lord of this life. Who is my Lord? Because what we believe, what we truly believe, what our faith is truly in, will dictate how we make decisions, the words we speak, the relation, how, how our relationships go, um, the relationships that we're in, uh, the hobbies we have, our hopes, our regrets, our goals, uh, how we steward our finances and other resources, our time, will all be affected directly by what we believe. So faith is not an intellectual acknowledgement. It's a way of living. John chapter 15, uh, Jesus talks about this kind of life, this kind of faith. John chapter 15, verse 1. Um, actually, why don't you turn there? Or I can read it to you and you can turn there later and read it. Either way. John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, says Jesus, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into, into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. What Jesus is giving here is an invitation to surrender all of oneself to him. To abide in Him is to have our full life invested into who we believe Jesus is. To be squarely built upon that and driven by it. Faith in Christ is not just something, it's not just, it's not part of our life. Faith in, your faith in Christ is not part of who you are, it is who you are. This world is searching to place its identity in all sorts of things right now. Uh, it is a topic of constant conversation um, in public media spheres. What is your identity? 
I will tell you that there are only two identities that exist. You are either a child of God or you belong to the devil. Those are the only two identities that exist. And so as we, in, the, in a world where everyone is trying to line up behind some label, let us make sure that as believers, the only one that we're concerned about is that we belong to God. That we stand in the name of Christ together as belonging to Him. Everyone has faith in something. Everyone does. I was just listening yesterday to a, a debate between an, a, a, um, one who, a proponent of evolution and a creationist. And it came down quite clearly to which religion do you choose? It was, it was very clear by the end of the discussion that it was not science versus religion. It was religion versus religion. Because both were taken by faith. The creationist wisely said, the only difference here is that I admit this is a religion for me. Right? I admit this is a matter of faith for me. Everyone has faith in something, and the object of that faith is revealed through the way we live. The way we talk, the way we act, what we hope in, what we strive for, what we work towards, what we think about, where we steward our resources towards. Our faith, our true faith, what we really are trusting in and hoping in is revealed through the way we live. It's not revealed, sadly, it's not just revealed by showing up to church on Sunday morning. It's revealed by how we live and move and act and think every moment of every day. So if I spend all of my week thinking about um, thinking about how corrupt our government is and how many ways it needs to change so that life can be better for all of us if only the right people were put in place, I am squarely putting my faith and hope in something that is wrong. It's the wrong place. Now, I'm not here to say that, that, that we should not think about any of these things, but rather that our hope and our faith should never be placed into any of these things. Our hope and faith is in Christ alone. And on that rock we stand, together with the believers in Hebrews chapter 11, and all those listed in Scripture as having had faith in Christ, had, have faith in God. Now, believe me, I have my own opinions when it comes to government stuff. I have my opinions, and we can talk about that, but I will tell you right now, none of my faith is in that. I have no lasting hope in what my government is going to do for me. Now, I pray for them. Believe me that. So let me ask you, where does your time, where do your resources get invested? Julie was just sharing about, uh, you know, a couple of uh, Atkinsons and the missionaries that we support um, among, among several. And... Um, 
kind of shoe boxes, and then come, you know, there's already the the beginning stages of planning for VBS and uh, multiple other things. There's Bible studies going on through the week. Uh, teens gather once a week, and there, there are multiple things going on in the life of the church. And and my hope, uh, at point, make me aware of it if it's not accurate, but. But to my knowledge, all of it right now has the single goal and purpose of exalting Christ and bringing people to faith in Him. So where, where do your time and resources get invested? What do you think most about? Now I know there's stuff like you got to get gas, you got to do laundry, you got to make dinner, but I'm talking about what is the stuff you really stew on? What is the stuff that keeps you thinking as you lay in bed at night before you go to sleep or first thing when you wake up? When your brain just has space to kind of float around there and think on whatever it will, where does it go? Because my guess is that it probably tends to go towards the direction of that, the object of your faith. When you think of problems in this world, what are the first things that come to mind when you start thinking about the solutions to those problems? More money, better policy, changes in leadership, green energy, vaccines, less government, harder working people. Abortion, education, better food distribution, more law enforcement, on and on and on and on and on. Are these the things that solve our problems? As a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I firmly believe that there is only one solution to the problems that this world faces, and it is the person of Jesus Christ who laid his life down for every single one of us. I get there's still logistics to be worked out this side of heaven. But if we are not firmly planted first in Jesus Christ as the solution for our problems, because only He can deal with the real issue, which is the sinfulness of mankind before a holy and righteous God. All forms of conflict and uh, division and uh, injustice, they flow out of the sinfulness of mankind. If that issue is dealt with, those problems begin to go away rather rapidly. Now again, I'm not saying none of this stuff should have any time devoted to it. I'm just saying these are not going to solve our problems, ultimately. Psalm 33, we won't turn there for sake of time here, but you might want to jot it down to go back to it. But it it makes pretty clear that a nation who hopes in anything other than God is destined to fall. And so the call of Hebrews is don't be like the generation of Moses. Don't be like the folks who are going to place their hope and trust in anything other than God Himself. And faith, as we're using it here, faith is all of life encompassing for us. It is a way of living. 
And so in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That word assurance there, it's, it's somewhat challenging to, I think, uh, bring into a, a translation that, that we fully can easily grasp. Um, but reality is a word that's connected to that word that in the ESV gets translated assurance. So that faith is the reality of things hoped for. In other words, uh, faith, the way that we live in our, with our, out of trust and hope in Christ is built upon the reality of God's promises and the work that Christ has done on the cross. There is a reality that we are living out though visibly it is not seen. So one... Uh, one way of saying it would be that um, that it's a celebration. Faith is a celebration now of future blessing that we are certain of. So our 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 life of faith in Christ it is built upon a reality that perhaps remains largely unseen at this time, but it is built upon a reality. The conviction of things not seen. Um, in other words, this, the, our faith is the proof of invisible realities. Um, it's the, our, our faith is the testing out of those realities in the here and now. The demonstration of the promises of God, the forgiveness of sin, the power of God to transform lives, the hope of eternal life. Um, the unity of the bond of the Spirit. I want to give you a, a what I think is a, at least helpful for me to understand what faith is. Uh, give you a, a definition. You're, look, I'm just going to admit, I came up with this on my own. So, for what it's worth, all right? But I think for me, it was helpful for me just to summarize in my brain, what is faith? Faith is, I think we have it up here. Faith is hope and reliance in Christ's word and work being lived out um, on our way to heaven. We know where we're going. It's not like we have a question about that. Our our promises that we are holding on to, we're certain of. We're on our way to heaven. Just like, you know, when I'm on, when I leave the house and I head up uh, 97 here, I'm on my way to Coeur d'Alene. I got to know where I'm going. I can't see it. I know it's there. It is a reality that it exists, and it's a reality that I'm on my way there, even though I can't see it yet. This is us as sojourners uh, uh, in Christ. We are not there yet, but we are clearly on our way and we know where we're going. There's not a doubt in our mind about it. We know where we're going. We know who holds us fast in our journey there. So faith then 
is that hope and reliance that we have in, in the words that Christ has given us and in the work that He's done on the cross and in His resurrection being worked out in our daily life. Being expressed through the way that we do everything. It's also a testimony to the lost world, those who are without Christ, the way we live our life in Christ. And it's a, a strong encouragement for other travelers who are on their way. Which is why then in chapter 10 it says, and don't uh, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. And let us together, and let us consider how to stir uh, up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. There's a, uh, another description that I thought you might find helpful, and it was uh, from a guy named William Lane, who a, has a commentary on, on Hebrews, but he says it this way, um, Faith is thus an effective power directed toward the future. It springs from a direct personal encounter with the living God. The forward-looking capacity of faith enables an individual to venture courageously and serenely into an unseen future supported only by the Word of God. I mean, I might add to that, uh, supported by the Word of God and the Spirit of God, this side of heaven. So we are of those, not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Verse 2 says that it was previous believers, uh, previous to this time, um, those believers were commended by their faith, commended by God. For their faith. Which is what we will be if there's any commending to be done in heaven towards you or I from God, it will be for our faith. First and foremost, for our walking in trust and reliance and hope in Him. You know, it's interesting how, you know, have you ever you've heard the, the phrase, it's a small world, right? And as you've uh if you've spent enough years on this earth, you begin to realize what that means as you realize the connections that develop uh, and the world just starts closing in on you and it starts seeming a little less big all the time as you as you meet other folks who you have connections to in weird ways. And, and um, well, to me, Scripture is a lot like that. The more time I spend in Scripture, the more tightly knit the whole of the Word of God is. So that here as we're talking about faith, then all of a sudden I start thinking about James. Because James talks about faith, you know. And James has both been uh, chastised and championed for what he says about faith. And, and he says that, um, well, I'll just, you can go read it, jot it down there. But James says, hey, if you have faith that does not have good works connected to it, your faith is dead. I mean, at best you might call it intellectual acknowledgement. But it's not real biblical faith. Life-transforming, life-encompassing faith. It's something other than that. And the point James makes is not that you, we are saved by our works, but rather that if works are not connected with our, what we say we believe, then we, are, we don't really believe it. 
If we claim to believe in Jesus Christ for salvation, that He is Lord of our life, and yet our life is not constantly reflecting that, we don't really believe what we're saying. So what is your life reflecting that your faith is in? I want to end here with Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Verse 24 through 27. This is Jesus. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does, does them, uh, you, you get that, that connection? Hearing and doing, that's faith. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, such as the generation of Moses, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Church, you and I Sorry, I'm just, I don't even have the words to express like what I would like to communicate to you about how sure uh, and well-placed our faith is in Christ. I just, I don't have language to communicate to you how vital and how, um, how firm a foundation compared to all other foundations how, how, how firmly and well-placed your faith in Christ is. There is just no comparison. So build your life upon the rock of faith in Jesus Christ. This call in Hebrews to persevere is only possible if we do just that. So I just want to leave you with this question. What is your life built upon? What is your faith in? And I want to encourage you, church, just to be um, really thinking about that this week because I know the easy answer because I've done it a million times is to say, my faith is in Jesus. I wanted to ask you to slow down this week and take some moments through your week to sit before the Lord and go, Lord, is there any place where my faith is not in you? Is there anything else that I'm putting my faith and trust and hope in other than you? Show that to me. And then when he shows it to you, tell him he's right. Confess it to him. And tell him that it's sin for you to keep trusting and hoping in those things. And tell him that you want him to help you root those things out of your life so that there's nothing that keeps you from being fully devoted to him. So that you live a life worthy of being listed among the heroes of faith listed in Hebrews chapter 11. My goodness, how awesome would it be, church, to get to heaven one day 
and, and have the Lord commend us as the church here in Harrison for the faith that we have had in Him. Need no other reward. To have your Lord say, Well done. Have you given your life to Christ? Are you continuing to try and grasp for for things in this world to hold on to, to put your faith in, to put your hope in? Do you find that uh, you keep kind of whipping around a little bit like a flag in the wind, changing winds, trying to figure out who you are, where your identity is, what defines you as a human being, what your purpose is? What things that you're going to rely on in your life? The God who made you has invited you to come into relationship with Him through Jesus Christ that you can know for certain who you were created to be and begin to live that out. And it comes first by acknowledging that you are a sinner before him. That your soul is corrupt, that it's not headed the right direction, and that you need his intervention and forgiveness. And that you want him to show you his way of doing things that he can teach you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for for blessing us so much with your presence, for giving us these sure and steady promises that we can anchor our lives to lord i ask that we would just be the people of god who will be commended by their faith by our faith someday by you lord that we pour all of who we are into living for your glory that we root out everything in our lives that that stands as a hindrance um, in surrendering ourselves fully to you Lord, I, I just pray for, for us as a church body, Lord, that we, that we would be completely and utterly surrendered to your will, to your lordship, that we would be completely uh, and fully trusting and hoping in you, and that there would be no other that even competes with our, with our faith in you. And Lord, for those who are... Um, perhaps still trying to sort out what they believe about you. Lord, I just I ask that you, would, uh, that you would reveal these things to them at the soul level. Because, Lord, I know your word is clear that no one comes to the Father unless you draw them to yourself. So, Lord, I pray that you would draw them. There are no words that we can speak to make that happen, but only the moving of the Spirit of God in the heart of man. And I pray that you would do that. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, church, I've uh, thrown some stuff your way today rather boldly, and I want you to understand that... um, Look, you can have opinions on all that stuff I listed out. You can have whatever opinion you want to have, and you can work towards that. I just want you to know that those things aren't going to save you. Those things are not our salvation. 
And the great sorrow of my heart this week has been just the realization of how many Christians walk around this world and if they didn't tell you they believed in Jesus, you would have no idea of it. And it is my, my sorrow that, that so many of us have not fully tapped into the great gift and blessing of being a child of God. And I hope that all of us will dig and drill down deeper into that. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatians because this isn't anything new. I mean, we're talking like within a generation of still of, of Jesus walking the earth and giving his life a sacrifice for humanity and resurrecting and ascending into heaven, there's already folks who are starting to, to place their trust in other things. And he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. We need to guard our hearts against this church. We're not immune to it just because we call ourselves conservatives or whatever. Our hearts are prone to seek after a different gospel if we do not guard it. So let us guard it and hold tightly to it. Lord, bless you and keep you and help you to live out your faith in Christ.